Welcome to the Holmesville Church of the Brethren. This is the worship service for May 28, 2023. It is the day of Pentecost. Join in our call to worship. A mighty wind has blown and tongues of fire have danced. The Spirit is with us just as Jesus promised. God's Spirit moves among us and gathers us together. God's Spirit gives us power and calls us to serve the world. God's Spirit is poured out upon us. Worship God with joy. Holy One, ignite within us a fiery passion for your mission in the world today. Warm us by the Spirit's dancing tongues of flame, that we may feel your kindling blaze within. Make us wholly present to experience a new birth, and awaken possibilities within us to share your love in the world. Bless our worship today as we listen for your truth in the gentle breath of your Spirit. Amen.
today is from the new book, The Lives We Actually Have, 100 Blessings for Imperfect Days, by Kate Bowler and Jessica Ritchie. O God, so many are suffering beyond what they can bear. Come quickly with help that is stronger than death. You see the vulnerable who face what we find hard to imagine— and their caregivers and health care workers, families, teachers, and helpers of every kind who string together scarce resources while they're running on empty. Blessed are we, still in our relative ease, still jars of clay, yet broken, who give to others what we yet can give, who pray boldly and love fiercely. This is the very ground of our being, God's love for us and love working through us. God have mercy, Christ have mercy, Spirit have mercy. Amen. Our scripture today is John twenty nineteen through 23 When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, 
they are retained. This is Pentecost Sunday, the Sunday when the Church celebrates the coming of the Holy Spirit. The scripture story used most often on this day is Acts chapter 2, where the disciples were all together in one place, and with a sound like the rush of a violent wind, the Holy Spirit came upon them, appearing like tongues of fire resting on each of them. And the most immediately expressive sign of the Holy Spirit coming upon them was their sudden ability to speak in different languages. The Pentecost story and acts of the coming of the Holy Spirit is a very loud story with rushing wind, a cacophony of languages, and bold testimony about God's deeds of power. And then, as the story continues, there is even more expression of this powerful spirit energy that shows forth in the outcomes. Peter preaches and people are converted, and some 3,000 people are added to the ranks of the church. What a day! That's the typical scripture story of this Sunday, Pentecost Sunday. But the text we are looking at on this particular Pentecost Sunday happens to be instead the Gospel lesson from John's Gospel, chapter 20, verses 19 through 23. This is the much quieter story of Jesus meeting with his frightened, uncertain, hiding disciples immediately after the resurrection. You remember the scene. The disciples are hiding in a locked room. Their master has been horribly executed, and now they cower in uncertainty, afraid of what will happen next. But very quickly in the gospel account, almost immediately after Mary Magdalene's encounter with the resurrected Jesus just outside the empty tomb, he appears in the room where the disciples, minus Thomas, are hiding. And he greets them, Peace be with you. Then Jesus shows them his wounds in his hands and his side to show them that it really is him, Jesus, risen from the dead. The disciples rejoice, but Jesus once again repeats his greeting, Peace to you. And then he says, Just as the Father sent me, I send you. In other words, now that you know that I am alive, that I am resurrected, that death does not have the last word, you aren't going to be staying here behind locked doors. Your work, your life, your calling, your mission isn't hidden in here, it's out there. So right away, as soon as he shows himself to them, he's working with them to shift their thinking, their attitude, away from fearful hiding and toward purposeful engagement in this new chapter of Jesus following. There is movement ahead, fresh purpose, new energy ahead. And then comes this final part of the scripture story for this morning, the Holy Spirit moment. John's Gospel says this, Then Jesus took a deep breath and breathed into them. Receive the Holy Spirit, he said. If you forgive someone's sins, they're gone for good. If you don't forgive sins, what will you do with them?
So in this gospel story, this early story that takes place well before the actual day of Pentecost, there is a breathing of the Holy Spirit into the disciples, into their lives. And in this story, in this moment, it's not a rushing wind. It's not a crowd of thousands. Instead, it is two simple and yet significant things. Two spirit-filled and spirit-led invitations. An invitation to peace and an invitation to forgiveness. The first deep inhaling breath of the Holy Spirit is a breath of peace. And then the first exhaling, releasing breath of the Holy Spirit is the breath of forgiveness. Breathe in peace. Breathe out forgiveness. If the Spirit is going to blow your life in new directions, something deep inside you is going to have to be rolled out of the way, not unlike the stone being rolled away from the tomb. What is that weight? What is that stone? Kurt Borgman gives this answer. It's the heavy weight of wounds, cradled rather than healed. It's the contempt you've been holding and hoarding, which is always a huge weight because nothing is as heavy to carry around in the heart as contempt. Carrying around contempt is like carrying around a big bucket of poison, maybe two buckets, one in each hand. You might have your sails trimmed, so to speak, and the wind of the Spirit might be blowing at a crisp and refreshing pace, But if you have a giant anchor of anger and resentment, an anchor that is biting into the ground beneath your feet, you're certainly not going to set sail anytime soon. The Holy Spirit wind can blow, but it won't move you, only tatter your sails. End quote. Immaculate Ilibagiza was a very young woman in the spring of 1994 when the Rwandan genocide began. In only a little over three months, Hutu militias killed nearly a million Tutsi, including almost all of Immaculate's immediate family. In her book, Left to Tell, Discovering God Amidst the Rwandan Holocaust, she tells the amazing story of her survival. Above all, it is the story of the transformative power of forgiveness. When the violence first began, Immaculate was sent by her father to the home of a Hutu minister, Simeon Marunzi. Although reluctant at first, the minister herded Immaculate and seven other women into a tiny bathroom, only three feet by four feet. As the slaughter continued all around them, the women in the bathroom miraculously survived repeated visits from Hutu killers searching for new Tutsi victims. On the very first visit, one killer actually put his hand on the bathroom door, but didn't open it. After that, Marinzi slid a bureau over the door to hide it. 
On another visit, the killers called Immaculate's name, one of them saying, I have killed 399 cockroaches. Immaculate will make 400. It's a good number to kill. The killers came and searched the house again and again, but never found the women. Immaculate and the other women ended up staying in the bathroom for 91 days until the violence subsided. Immaculate had been a devout Christian all her life, but her faith was sorely tested. She prayed almost constantly while in hiding, at first for safety and deliverance, then for the ability to forgive her Hutu neighbors. As she tried to call on God to help her forgive the killers, she would hear a whispering voice berating her, telling her that God would not help her because her hatred made her unworthy of him. Why are you calling on God? Don't you have as much hatred in your heart as the killers do? Aren't you as guilty of hatred as they are? You've wished them dead. In fact, you wish that you could kill them yourself. You even prayed that God would make them suffer and make them burn in hell. Finally, one night, as she again listened to the horrifying sounds of violence and death outside her walls, there came a turning point. She distinctly heard God's voice saying to her that even the killers were God's children. With this answer, the floodgates of her heart were opened. She wrote, The killers' minds had been infected with the evil that had spread across the country, but their souls weren't evil. Despite their atrocities, they were children of God, and I could forgive a child, although it would not be easy, especially when that child was trying to kill me. In God's eyes, the killers were part of His family, deserving of love and forgiveness. I knew that I couldn't ask God to love me if I were unwilling to love His children. At that moment, I prayed for the killers, for their sins to be forgiven. I held on to my father's rosary and asked God to help me. And again I heard His voice, Forgive them, they know not what they do. I took a crucial step toward forgiving the killers that day. My anger was draining from me. I had opened my heart to God, and He'd touched it with His infinite love. For the first time, I pitied the killers. I asked God to forgive their sins and turn their souls toward His beautiful light. That night, I prayed with a pure conscience and a clean heart. For the first time since I entered the bathroom, I slept in peace. Of course, the process of forgiveness was not easy for Immaculate, and she had a great deal to forgive. But the day finally came when she faced her family's murderer. His face paled as he saw who was facing him. He cowered and looked at the floor as his jailers screamed at him to face the girl whose family he had killed. The murderer, Felicienne, was sobbing. 
and Immaculate wept for his suffering. Their eyes met for just a moment. She touched his hands and said what she had come to say, I forgive you. Through her faith in Christ, she was able to breathe in God's peace and breathe out God's forgiveness. Immaculate Ilabagiza has since devoted her life to helping others forgive and heal, especially those who have been victims of genocide. Countless people have learned to forgive the unforgivable through her words and example. Not all spirit life is rushing wind. Sometimes it's just one deep breath and then another because the Holy Spirit is here, as close as your breath. Let us pray. O God of peace, as you visited the disciples in that upper room, so visit us. Help us to breathe your peace in and to breathe your grace out. In Jesus' name, amen. Receive the benediction. The Holy Spirit is here, moving among us, stirring within us. Breathe peace in, breathe grace out. God is ready to change us. God is ready to heal us. Amen.